0: That's right, it's Between the Profound and the Profane, a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together across Skype and also in spare bedroom studios to trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and try to learn something new about their friends. And while we're at it, make some new friends. Hey out there, new friends, new friends, true believers, bone whores, and the personal army of
1: trash people. people.
0: Joining me today... We have a special guest calling in from, from Skype, uh, an author from California, Adam DeColibus. Decaul- Decaul- yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it. <laughs> OK, <laughs> sorry about that. It's all good. Uh, so uh, once again, Adam DeColibus, G- give us a call sign. Say hi, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Uh, also joining me, as usual, my co-hosts. Uh, you can photograph him out of focus in the woods. He's in the Brown.
1: Man, I've got a beer in one hand and a book in the other. It's a good day today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: All. You never fail. It never fails,
1: You, know, Ian. you, you have a great one. You, you know, always got, got it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also joining so. me, the artificer, the producer. He makes magic items, Destin Lair. How goes it, guys? And I've never been ready for anything in my life. Shit host, Chris Myers. Today, we're talking to our special guest, Adam, about. Uh, his new book that's coming out, *Caravan*. It's a historical fiction novel uh, set just after World War One, uh, following a caravan across the Sahara. Um, I've gotten to read an excerpt from it. I really enjoyed it. Adam, can you tell me about your inspiration for it? Tell me about your writing process, and tell me about a little bit about about yourself. Sure thing. So,
2: <clears throat> my uh, my story, as it were, is that I was born in Central California, way out in the mountains. And uh there it was one of those towns that um it's like the town from uh, from uh Brothers Bloom where it has one of everything. It's got it's got one cat with one leg and it's got, you know, one of everything. And uh <clears throat> growing up there my creative salvation came through uh the means of books and movies. So uh while most people who uh, uh would think that growing up in a small town would have been miserable, I actually enjoyed it. Because where I was missing, you know, we were missing a a car chase, I could fill it in through the means of creativity with books and movies. So, uh, in in a lot of the movies I grew up watching, they were older movies. uh, And I mean older movies. Some of them were even without sound. And uh, it just allowed me to fill in uh, the gaps around me. So, at a very early age, that got me into story. And I just started writing. It was something that I just did. It wasn't even a, a conscious choice. Um I always knew that story was gonna be very important to me, so I just started writing. And uh sure enough, um I I had an idea for a book uh that I that I wanted to write, but the problem was that the the key connecting factor that all my stories had up until this point was that they never got finished. I never got past five to ten pages you know you'd get into it and then another idea would come by and then sure enough i would either restart or start another idea and nothing ever got finished
1: every every story was the never ending story <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, I, it it is the it, it is the, a,
0: the curse of the creative mind you know you yeah. you 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 plan you think you rewrite and uh, create worlds in your mind and on paper over and over and over again uh t- to the point that you destroy them in the end and you don't have uh, you don't have it no more. Like you can't finish it because it, it, you got you got to move on to the next thing to create. You got to move on.
2: Exactly, exactly. And so, like you said, that's a great place to come from. That's a great base as a creator is that you have a overabundance of ideas. But the problem was is that I couldn't commit to anything. So it it almost started. I almost felt like I was <laughs> like I was cursed or something. I legit couldn't finish anything. And finally, I had the idea for caravan. And when I had the idea, I knew that it was going to be something special. It was something that I could I could see scenes way farther down in the story. That I knew that uh, this could actually be the one that I finish. So the day that I had the idea, I wrote down uh, I believe it was five to eight pages, and that was more than than I'd ever written in one sitting in my life. So already it was it was beginning to prove to me that okay, this is different.
1: So yeah, it's going somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so I I took the couple pages and I showed it to a friend of mine that I showed all my stories to and I said, "Hey, check check out this story. Uh it's going to be a great it's going to be a great story and I think I can actually finish it." And my friend surprised me and said, "Okay, listen. I got to stop you right there because you have all these ideas, you write a couple pages, you show them to me. I get interested and then you never finish them. So you got to promise me that with this one, uh since you're you're convinced that it's something special that you're gonna stick it out. And uh I did. I did. I stuck it out and uh I wrote my novel Caravan, uh which was just an amazing journey. Um learned a lot about writing and about the publishing business and surprisingly more about myself and about the world. So it's been an amazing journey since that moment and uh it's one that I, I hope to continue for many more years.
3: Yeah, I mean like I've, I've even had that I mean I don't write a lot I'm not very creative but um, I learned to like things for me were finishing something just made it feel it changed the way you look at things like uh, first time I ever soldered and finished uh, uh, soldering a board in like uh, an old video game system, I felt accomplished I was like this is great now I know I can do this more and I want to do this more
0: yeah yeah uh and I, I uh everybody needs that friend who will tell them finish this if only for me <laughs> yes right. yeah yeah but like that that, <laughs> is, that is a brilliant driving force and uh uh hug that friend as much as you can oh. that is, that is that that is a che- that is a cherished uh relationship that that not everybody can get yeah okay. uh but but yeah like even just completing this podcast like having a thing oh, yeah. that you can like look at and hold and kind of Going through the motions of creating it, uh, to being able to sort of hold it in your hand, changes your entire way of looking at the thing, uh, the the wider scope of the thing. Right. You know, like the 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 meta of the whole thing. Uh, it changes your scope of the in, of industry. It changes your scope of how you interact with creating. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, definitely
1: does. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I I I thought I had a place to go, and then I completely dropped. We, we, yeah, that's <laughs> well, the um, that's the profane part of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's uh, that's proof that uh, creative people have a tough time uh, finishing things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't even finish a dang proof. sentence. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I did get to read. Uh, I, I read the first chapter mm. of uh, Caravan, and uh, I like the 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 things that stuck out to me most was the uh, your your. Your language, the evocative language of setting. Mm. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, could, I, I felt myself standing on those streets. Um, um, the, the imagery w- was really, really perfect. Inside of the, um, I guess the the newspaper editor's um, office, where he's silhouetted against the window, uh, this imposing figure, uh, half dressed. I, I, I really enjoyed the way that you used. Uh, scene and language within the book
1: yeah that one there was that one uh line that like was describing how he was walking into the room i think it was right the, uh, uh the, the tooth fairy the, line yes the tooth fairy and that yeah that one really stu- stood out <laughs> I, I mean in a good way
2: <laughs> i i really really appreciate that and that's that right there makes me feel so satisfied because one of the most magical things you can do is think about something put it down or, or express it in another way, whether it be through film or music and have somebody tell you, man, I get what you're trying to say, because that's, that's honestly one of my greatest fears is I have this very clear idea, clearing, uh, uh, clarifying the idea is difficult in and of itself and to express it successfully. That's one of the most success, uh, one of the most satisfying things that you can feel.
1: Yeah. And you, you did a great job with that one. man. (laughs) I, I really appreciate it, man.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, creating, especially uh, like in writing and film is the only way that we can either transfer dreams or transfer imagination to other people. So yeah, the ability yeah, sure. to successfully implant images in somebody else's head, uh, that is that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's what we're all driving for in the creative field. That's why I read a book.
1: I mean, that's why. Yeah, that's why. That's what we're trying to do with podcasting, you know, actually give. You know, make someone think of what we're actually saying, like where you can physically see it. You know, even though you're only hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and dinosaurs and animals.
2: yeah, and uh, one of the one of the awesome things about story is that I really think that it carries far beyond just fiction. Um, even if you're telling something in through through nonfiction, story is incredibly powerful because if you're just stating statistics or methods, that's fine. But if you use a story, you can really win over your reader or your viewer in a way that's uh, just incredibly <laughs> profound if you want to stick to the podcast. Um, and one of the authors that I think does this incredibly well uh, and who I deeply respect is Robert Greene. Um, he's the author of uh, The 48 Laws of Power. Uh, he did a book with 50 Cent called The 50th Law. And uh, he's he's a really interesting guy. And he writes these these tomes of just wisdom that go down into the into human nature and uh, how people think and how they interact and uh, what people's motives are—it's a little bit Machiavellian, but I really enjoy enjoy the read. Uh, and something that he does is that uh, in the Forty-Eight Laws of Power, which goes over all these different laws of of uh, of how to interact with people and how to understand uh, what people are doing, he he starts every chapter with a story drawn from real events, drawn from history. And uh, sometimes they're, they're tragic. Sometimes they're uh, incredibly successful and, and inspiring. Uh, but most of the time, by the time you get to the end of this uh, uh, recolle- recollection of history, once he goes to tell you about the principles, they're so transparent.
3: What is the 48th Law? What was it called?
2: Uh, the 48 Laws of Power. And forty-eight laws. Of power. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the fiftieth yeah. law. Fiftieth. Yeah, he huh. he just released uh, a new book. I believe it's called uh, "The Laws of Human Nature," uh, and the author is Robert Green. He's an incredible Robert
1: author. Green. Yeah. Gotcha. And what uh, what exact genre are they? I apologize uh, if I it's like I didn't quite catch on uh, to the. Genre.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's I would say well, it's definitely nonfiction. Uh, it's nonfiction, but uh, the genre I wouldn't say it's self help because a lot of what he talks about it's it's incredibly deep, and he covers manipulation and he covers uh, the power struggle between different people and that sort of thing. So I'd say so it's, it's
1: like not a direct self help. It's more of more kind of, of getting an insight. Yeah, more of self
2: awareness, if if you want to use that word. It's um. Yeah, it it could be it could be a tool if you want to use it that way. It could be a tool to uh open your eyes to how uh you know certain people in power do certain things and how uh history history uh is sort of laden with these really interesting tales
1: of uh struggles for power. Gotcha. Yeah, that that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean the 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 ability for story uh fiction or non-fiction to transmit idea is its power you can honestly uh, transmit uh, I believe world-changing philosophies through a, a, a piece of fiction like an a, 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 a literal made-up story, uh, a made-up world can transmit and uh, uh, impart political philosophies yeah. or, 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 or or other sorts of philosophies in ways that trying to describe them to people you wouldn't you would never be able to. Yeah. Uh, i believe the uh, ursula K. Le Guin is a is a fantasy writer science fiction writer who uh, uh, practiced anarchism she was a, she was an anarchist a self professed anarchist and she only really talked about it from the philosophy point of view in within her fiction okay. uh, and she has actually changed people's p- political per- perspectives towards anarchism through Science
1: fiction.
0: Can you think of a book sheet? I am brain farting right now, uh-huh. I believe.
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. It'll come back. <laughs> yeah,
0: it will. Uh. <laughs> but what draws you to uh, historical fiction?
2: I'm, hmm. uh, You know what? Over over the course of writing, I've been asking myself that question a lot. And I think the best way I can sum, that, sum up that question is history is to me it's almost like a a science fiction or fantasy world that actually existed so uh if you look at the 20s if you look at that in a perspective where it's uh detached from our reality that's a very interesting world to live in or uh you take even a certain a certain uh historical event like if you take the uh vietnam war that is That is, in and of itself, it is a world. So, what I like about what I like about historical fiction is that you can draw back on these incredible moments of history and uh, create a world uh, off of what already happened. And I have a lot of respect for uh, science fiction and fantasy authors that have to create worlds that haven't existed, and they have to add a whole culture and a whole uh, infrastructure to them. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I love historical fiction is that it not only one i think it really colors the past in a new light but it also uh is just such a rich area to draw inspiration and creativity from
1: yeah
3: yeah yeah like um i'm definitely i do like historical i'm more of like a historical fantasy fiction (laughs) okay if that makes any sense totally so like uh you know uh I guess it wouldn't even really be historical you know like Dresden Files where it's like you have this fiction based in a real world scenario type like the ma-
1: the map is real the map uh, is real the map is real the, and, the, uh, is real. the, the, uh, the characters real. The are and stories all, are made yeah, up yeah, for exactly. their protection yes <laughs> so kind of <laughs> yeah for their protection
2: <laughs> kind of yeah, like so. uh, kind of like the man in the high castle or something like that
3: yes okay yes okay. Yes.
2: Yes. yes I yeah. love I love um uh, alternate historical fiction—that's
0: oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that that really whets your genre whistle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you could say that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's fun to play with history. I guess is what it's more about, right? Like you're 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 playing with something that you're told not to, uh, and yeah. if you can pull it off, you're you're pulling off one of the greatest magic tricks in fiction. Yeah, yeah. it's
3: rewriting history. Yeah, yeah, you're just rewriting history, you know? or
0: writing new histories.
3: Writing new history, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and the crazy thing is that if you do write a a piece of historical fiction that's not out of the realms of possibility, there's like a like um the man in the high castle, right? You know, the U.S. didn't get invaded, but if it's something that could have actually happened, um, like let's say Schindler's List or something like that, you you can really it adds a lot of depth to the history because it's not out of the possibility. It's not out of the realms of possibility of it happening And when you uh, draw from a historical source and fiction, uh, uh, fictionalize it, it. It's almost like coloring the invisible spots where we haven't been told what happened, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like a paint by numbers without numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Well I mean in a in a world where it's in, in in the real world where it's possible that just about any scenario that you can think of has happened because yeah. the, like you know the, the the law of chance and chaos and, and all of these things uh, writing historical fiction is writing the stories that were never told.
3: Uh, okay yeah, yeah okay
0: you, you're you're making up something but you're writing a story that just wouldn't have been told because it happened to a guy uh, gotcha. rather than people who are um, lifted up by yeah. history.
3: It's kind of like, if if this major event happened, well, let's tell the stir- story of Earl, the the shopkeeper down the street, what was yeah. happening to him yeah. during this time. <laughs> yeah.
1: That, yeah, that really is a really good way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. Love it, love it.
3: Oh, man. So, I wanted to ask you... I, I, publishing it how difficult was it for you to get this published i mean you're are you i'm, I'm assuming are you are you independently publishing it or do you have a publishing house or I, i'm i'm uh
2: doing a little bit of both if that makes sense so yeah i, I created my own publishing house so i retained all of the rights but i'm effectively uh independently publishing it
3: okay i mean was it difficult to get that done or how did you feel about it was it an interesting Experience for you, or it's
2: to be to be perfectly honest, it's very interesting to me. Um, I have a very uh, uh, entrepreneur, uh, maybe not entrepreneurial, but I definitely love freedom. If that makes a lot of sense, I love I love <laughs> yes. having control oh, yes. over things. So hence the caravan, <laughs> hence the caravan. And uh, so one of the things that you don't have when you uh, publish the traditional way, and you get an agent and you get a publishing house, you actually control very little. Um and in the end you have to do the same amount of effort either way you go, so I thought screw it I'll go I'll go independent um it'll be an interesting journey and uh, I'll have a lot more freedom.
3: Yeah, I don't see a downside to it. I mean, if you're willing no. to put work in, go for it. Absolutely, I mean, not yeah. Nah. yeah. The, the, your story's getting told.
2: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and uh, the amazing thing too is that you like the biggest thing is that you own the rights for the book so if you sell your book because that's effectively what you're doing when you get a a book contract you're selling your book to the company they own 100% of it so if they choose to uh you know add a cover that doesn't fit with the story or they uh choose to stop distribution or they just cut it off completely there's no, absolutely nothing, nothing you can yeah. do about that and yeah. there's a lot of cases you're not getting royalties or anything nothing and uh there's a lot of cases of of uh traditionally published authors who got cut from a uh from a publishing house went independent and absolutely crushed it so it just goes to show you know uh and of course that's not with everything right you know sometimes it is it just all depends on your goal uh whether it's right. better to go traditional or to go independent but uh i I mainly chose uh independent because of the freedom and you know since it's gonna be the same amount of effort Either way, might as well do it in a way where uh, I can I can make a lot more decisions, and if I fail, it's completely on me, and I don't have nobody else to blame. I I really like that.
3: Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, like it's your story. You want to be in control of it. You want to, you want to ha- you want to have say in everything. You want to retain all the rights you wrote it. Why should you have to pay someone
1: else? 90 percent
3: 90 percent yeah of whatever to to do these things that you're willing to do yourself i love the independent publishing scene; that's great yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah it seems
0: to have gotten a lot better uh with, with the advent of the internet and all that with the uh, kindle you know, uh, it Kindles, oh, yeah. uh, everything that happens there i think the only the only downside i could foresee would be marketing because uh, publishing houses would usually handle your marketing yeah uh well not uh, not really
2: I, you have to do uh most of it
1: anyway really absolutely
0: really they did. I I always figured that they had like a marketing budget and all these things to 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 do that but I, maybe that is just one, for
1: One thing that does make it easier is podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can just hop yeah. on a podcast. Absolutely, and yeah. So like maybe they could
2: maybe they could uh handle like if you're going to fly out and, and give a speech somewhere maybe they could cover the costs there but besides that you're going to have to be the one who's going to set up the speech effectively. So uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, it's pretty much that's that's basically why I chose um why I chose independence for that particular reason. Why I go through all the effort, uh, even with the marketing, if there's no uh you know, the return on investment doesn't doesn't match up.
3: Right. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does, does. Right. I think we might be ready to uh break you into one of our patented <laughs> between the profound and profane <laughs> topics. Yeah. Let's see, let's see.
0: We got a new friend, guys. We always like to bring new friends into the fold by by giving them one of our one of our classic questions. Uh, and we, we we have a we have a few classic episodes. Seventh Heaven um, uh, turns thirty. Always comes to mind. But we oh, like asking a a, ourselves some strange strange thinkers. Uh, we gave you a choice earlier, uh, before we started the call. Uh, do you, do you got an idea of what path you'd like to go down? Who?
1: Bio-Upgrade or the, uh, spaceship?
2: Bio-Upgrade, to be honest. Okay. 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 So,
0: uh,
1: I forget what episode this was on, I'll
0: look it up and it will definitely be in the show notes, but we have asked before, I think this was an Ian question.
1: Yeah, this one, oh, definitely, most... this was, uh, I, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's basically, um... A bio upgrade is something that, like, if you could enhance one part of your of your biology, um, kind of like uh, Kevin Smith in the movie Waterworld. Okay. Where he has the gills behind his ears.
3: Oh no, Lord! You, went <laughs> into the, you even brought the joke back.
1: And like those gills, like that could be. I think a that's bio Kevin upgrade.
3: Costner, my friend.
1: Uh, the guy who wrote Clerks. <laughs> oh my no. god. <laughs> Alright, yes, yes. Gills.
0: <laughs> so if you could have any bio upgrade, Adam, what would you choose and why? I would probably go with uh Is the brain off limits?
3: No, absolutely okay, not. Okay, no,
2: no. then probably I would go for like a a limitless kind of uh mental scenario. So if you've seen the movie Limitless, it's about this uh writer who takes a uh, uh, a government uh, uh, smart drug, and off of that he's able to access one hundred percent of his mental capacity. So I would probably go with that. being, being able to, uh, just use my mental capacity to to the okay. next level. That's that's so kind of
1: like re- your, yours would be like to rewire the brain. Like yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's an effective wording. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so like, uh, being so able to does read... he Sleep in that one, like, or does he no longer need sleep either?
2: <laughs> well, he doesn't sleep, but he needs it. So it's it's a it's a ah. it's a psychological thriller. So there's that aspect of him uh, going off the deep end. But oh, you know what that? Would, oh, not having to sleep. I mean, that would be. That would be
0: horrible yeah yeah I, that'd be a oh, i mean dis- it would definitely be a monkey's paw situation you're dealing with here <laughs> yeah that yeah. No. Yeah, I,
2: yeah okay then i'd probably go for well you know i like sleeping i like i like waking up on a, on a good morning so i would yeah, probably okay. say keep well we'll keep the sleep but uh 100 mental capacity so the ability to recall any sort of obscure information as well as learn new languages and tasks extremely quickly
3: I like okay. that. I yeah. would add to have a manual thought, like, word that throttles the percentage. hmm So, like, if you need 100%, you can be like, buckaroo bonsai, and then be like, 100. You <laughs> <laughs> you know? You'd have to when, pick words that are no longer used in everyday speech. Like, well, I can't say buckaroo bonsai. How many times have yeah. I talked about buckaroo bonsai? It's like... <laughs> I think
0: well, you should talk about buckaroo bonsai okay. much more, to be honest oh, okay. with you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and I, I, I go straight into like, how would this, how would this look? Because I, 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 I aesthetically would you actually would we be jacking into the brain with some like nice cyborg pieces? I think uh, it has to be organic. It has no, to be, yeah. organic, so be organic. it would just
1: be like the rewiring Go of green. the brain, but that could be to like maybe a bigger skull.
2: Oh no, nah, man! I, I already have a pretty big head. I gotta I gotta stay gotta stay <laughs> tight.
1: <laughs> same size brain, okay. Same size. Yeah, same. So with, that, same that's size. why I think the throttle would work. Okay. Oh, we 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 we
0: we could we could uh we could double. Uh, brain use and capacity you gotta stick with me here by by following the ideas of god and the stegosaurus you need a butt brain it's, a, it's just a, it's, a, it's a smaller brain near the tailbone Ooh. that boosts the capacity of the top brain <laughs> okay uh, i like that
2: that would uh, that would be tough if i if i sit down for very long when i get a headache Ooh, good
3: oh, that's question. true that's true i think what we would have to do then is we would have to replace the appendix with the booster brain
2: <laughs> yes Ooh.
1: i like but, i like that but
2: where would you put the appendix get rid of that
1: appendix man who needs it oh god second brain space that's what i'm yeah <laughs> the only like what i would add to this would be like to go along with everything, just double the amount of fingers. Like, if you're a writer and you're trying to get twice the amount of words per minute with 100% brain capacity, 20 fingers.
2: Ooh. What's with
1: this 10-finger nonsense, you Ooh. know?
2: Why not have uh, two two
1: computers, though? Ooh. Four hands? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I was about to say,
0: tw- you mean 20 fingers on the same hand? <laughs> well, That's I right. don't <laughs> <think> <laughs> either. Just be double the
1: amount of fingers That's is a, what I they, was thinking. Are they layered like shark teeth? <laughs> you just kind of yeah, like kind of like I, I know you can't see this, this <laughs> audio, but what I'm doing to them is mildly disturbing. Oh god,
2: uh, thanks for thanks for sparing me the sight.
1: <laughs> Maybe uh, what if what if you could type with your
2: toes though? We can we can still keep ooh. it mildly mildly organic.
3: Oh okay, uh, you'd have to have a tiny keyboard. Imagine reaching for like oh. uh,
1: shift. Half the letters. Why? <laughs> half the letters are on the floor. Half the letters are <laughs> on the table. You just that
2: <laughs> that would, that would um, be ridiculous. good luck on hitting
1: like pause break or anything.
2: Oh god. What about what about copy and paste?
1: That would Ooh, that C. would be ridiculous. C, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's have, a rough combo. You'd have <laughs> to
3: have toe keyboards developed, and that's a whole new economy that's being opened up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the world's ready for toe keyboards. Yeah, no, it's the ahead of its creation, time.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe that's what Elon Musk is going to come out with. Uh, come out with next. He's working on flamethrowers and SpaceX. He's going to work on tow keyboards. To keyboards wave <laughs> yeah. the future. Way that's the where future. he makes all of his money
3: later in the life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even go to Mars. He just gets extremely famous so he can sell toe keyboards.
3: Yeah, that's his dream. That's yeah. been his dream all along. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's yeah. one way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd go for the I'd go for the full mental capacity. Uh, because listen, that would basic that's basically the ultimate superpower because it means you yeah. can learn any skill. Whether it be another language, whether it be an instrument, whether it be communication, and with that, I don't know. That's huge.
3: Yeah, I just I would be afraid that like my vision would go into like some kind of seeing four four dimensions, and Ooh, you're just like, oh, no I need two hundred percent.
2: You're like a like a knowledge junkie. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Oh God! Oh, Lord, uh, well, I think I think you passed the test, new yeah. friend. Uh, yeah, new yeah. friend. That new was friend. a great answer. I, <laughs> was, I enjoyed yes. that one. Uh, nice riffing. Um,
0: you guys give me a second. I need a water. Test. Oh, yeah, no yeah, problem. Entertain yeah. our guests. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So last
3: yeah. time, I think we, we, I think what we were talking about. Uh,
1: oh yeah, last time we had talked to you. Uh, we had met. Uh, where are we going to talk about Is the Australia? Aust- yeah, uh, I think uh, we had mentioned to you about uh, a historical fiction idea, a bit more on the fantastical side, I suppose. But it's uh, what if Australia wasn't discovered until nineteen ninety four?
3: Oh, oh yeah, and we, <laughs> we, t- we we've
1: kind of expanded on it yeah, a little kind bit. Kind of
3: expanded on it. Um, so. <clears throat> We had Australia hasn't been discovered until 1994 by anybody.
1: Yeah, um, it's just like I don't know. Maybe there's that we like... know
3: of, written. I should say. Uh, turns out dinosaurs still live. Oh no! In Australia. Oh no. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. So we're looking at yeah, kind dinosaurs of like a Jurassic Park and...
3: scenario with with Steve Irwin. No, no, not, no. <laughs> not quite Jurassic so, Park. So style. once, okay. so once we have discovered Australia. Uh, this is 1994. We start getting over there. The only people that are going over there, not uh, none of these big companies, it's the people that are like trying to develop it and move west and clear everything out. Well, yeah, it's kind of like wild west. Yeah, in 1994 in Australia.
1: Yeah, and there's wow. like dinosaurs running around. People are trying, you know, people are trying to take, you know, they're just everywhere. They're like horses or dogs. You know, there's all different kinds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, these are. Like this, is the, the, this is the kind of historical
3: <laughs> fantasy fiction yeah. we we love. It's uh, it's basically on a all basis. about
1: just uh, to put it in 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 like two words, it's dinosaurs and saddlebags. Dinosaurs
3: and saddlebags. <laughs> that's <laughs> a
1: that wow. That could be yeah. a whole genre. We, <laughs> yeah, it's
3: a
2: whole new it's genre. Like,
1: yeah, it's like the Wild West, but in the outback of Australia with dinosaurs. I mean, <laughs> exactly. It, exactly. but it
2: kind exactly. of it kind of already is like the Wild West. I feel like that's that's not. That's not stretching too far from australia like i get it if right right yeah. france to wild west that oh. would be a stretch but it kind yeah. of already yeah, yeah. is <laughs> but like
1: yeah the outback i mean basically it is just like the west in america you know <laughs> now,
3: now i want to see or very
1: similar now yeah. i want to see wild west Forward. france
3: oh like that's amazing now see this is the deep end we go on there would be zero <laughs> gun fights yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I did want to ask you uh, one other thing here. Um, oh man, you know what? This is why you write things down, folks. Uh, when you were when you decided uh, to to write Caravan, when you first came up with this uh, idea, was it kind of like a oh spark? I know exactly what I want to write about, and cranked it out in those five to eight pages, or was it like? A progression for when you wrote the whole book, or did you have boom you had the whole thing written pretty much except for you know seventy five percent of it I'd say
2: uh honestly it was the i'd say it was the longest progression you can possibly have it took me uh let's see it took me three years just to finish it and a couple more years to put it all wow. together okay. so when I, I I still have the original draft um which turned out to be. God, I think it turned out to be like four hundred and twenty eight pages. When I uh-huh. when I look at the original draft, it is a completely different animal to uh to what the finished product is. I even I even cut out uh I believe half of it. I cut out half of the whole uh half of the book's content because it was by the time I got finished with it, it was getting close to a thousand pages. And uh I thought, God, this is going to be way too big for anybody to read. So I, I found parts that were good, cut it in half, and uh, you guys basically are going to be getting the uh, the cream of the crop. So in any way, in any way but linear, that's that's the way it was.
3: Gosh. Right, right. <laughs> and and it, it was like, I don't know, I've had these, I've had almost, always had those stories that pop into my head and... Uh, I never went anywhere with them. I think I'm gonna I need to find a, one of your friends like that. <laughs> to to push me on my way. You just
2: gotta find the most um the person who's the most like they'll take zero nonsense. And if you're on you're on something stupid, they'll tell you straight out.
3: Yeah, I need to find one of those.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it was uh it was quite it was quite the journey because um when I started writing it this is honestly just how I I write to this day in general. I start with one simple scene, uh, whether it's dialogue or something's already in motion, or even if it's the beginning of something. I, I start from uh, just a general scene. I work off of that, but in that moment, I knew uh, okay, this is kind of what it's it's. I had a very vague. There's like, there's a mental fog where I could see I could see what was there, but it wasn't one hundred percent. Drawn out. I just knew that it was going to be very exciting. Um, gotcha, and that gotcha. excitement carried through uh, a very good portion of the book. And you know, you know how it is. Uh, you know, there are days where you know, yeah, you're wearing the rose, co- uh, the rose-colored glasses, and uh, you know, you're writing away. Then there are other days where you would just love to to snap your computer in half. And there's there's a little bit of both, but for the majority of it, I I don't know how I was able to do this, but I was able to maintain. That excitement that you have when you come across a new idea that feels really right—I was able to. Uh, I love that feeling, yeah, God, if <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're a writer, you know exactly, uh, or if you've or if you've done anything creative, I'm sure it extends to uh, other creative mediums. But there's just oh a yeah, sense oh, I'm of,
0: sure it does. Yeah,
2: yeah, there's just a sense of it being right and and that you're in you're in the flow.
0: Yeah, you find the pocket, as they say, in, in certain places. Like you, you when you, you you zero in on the thing, and it just draws you in deeper and deeper. Uh, and it it, it, it builds around it, it builds itself around you, and you can't uh, stop. And you know that you're driving to something worth the time that you're putting in. Absolutely, yeah. Um. Well, I do think that's going to have to start to draw us to a close. When can people look for Caravan? Yeah,
2: so uh, people can look for Caravan in the upcoming two weeks. Uh, It'll be released on Amazon, firstly, but uh, a little shortly after that, you'll be able to find it uh, anywhere you can buy a book, really. But Amazon will be the best place to go for now. Sweet.
1: Okay, yeah, very good, man. That, that, that is, that, to hear it.
2: Yeah, awesome. that
0: is wonderful to hear that it's it, it's it's on its way out. You can actually hold it in your hand. That's got to oh. be a a, a feeling yeah. that I a, can you describe it? Do, do
2: you do you have words for it? Yeah, it it's this is going to be an understatement for uh, anybody who's given birth before, but it feels like you've been pregnant for five years and you finally have your kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you get to hold it, and you're just like you can open to any random page and you remember. Exactly where you were when you're writing it, um, but it's it's no longer on the screen. It's a physical object. There's just something extremely
0: magical and satisfying about that. That, that sounds fit. wonderful. <laughs>
1: right, right now, if someone wanted to order it, could they pre-order? Is that an option? Uh, we're we're gonna on be Amazon?
2: we're gonna be setting up the pre-order uh, pr- fairly soon, but uh, for now, just. In the next two weeks. Uh I'll 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 do a release date. I'll I'll shoot you guys over a release date, but uh within the next two weeks, roughly.
0: Okay. awesome. Oh, awesome, guys. man. Awesome. Uh so yeah, I was so glad to hear it. Uh it was it's been great talking to you. Uh oh, it's yeah, sure. Sure. been an excellent Loved episode. It. <laughs> Loved it. man. Absolutely. <laughs> Big brain power.
2: <laughs> uh one hundred percent
1: Uh but uh yeah, uh Ian, you learned anything today? Man, I learned that uh you can actually write a whole book, man. That's crazy. Like, I, don't know, I don't know if I could do that. Like that's that's amazing, dude. Appreciate sincerely. it. sincerely, it's
2: awesome. It's
3: awesome.
1: Oh, today I
3: learned that I'm gonna have to write a book about a man with a throttle brain. Oh, <laughs> because that sounds amazing.
2: But 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 you gotta promise me something, man. It cannot be the butt brain. You can't you can't go that route. Oh. Otherwise, no, otherwise you're going brain. into it's, the Fifty Shades of Grey yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh
2: It's awesome talking to you guys, man. Thanks so much for having
0: me on. I really appreciate it. It is. Yeah, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much, Adam. And good night, everyone. Woo! Yep. The Bonus Hours is a collective of friends who not only are trying their best to be creative constantly, but to inspire others to be creative. We make podcasts, we make comedy, we make films, um, we write articles, um, we do just about everything that we possibly can, uh, vlogs on YouTube. So if you enjoy uh, what you just heard, could you please uh, support us? And you can support us by subscribing on iTunes, uh, giving us a five-star rating, uh, as well as a written review there on iTunes. Uh, You can further help us by sharing all of the episodes, uh, all of the content that you enjoy uh, uh, on social media. Uh, It would also be a big help if you just told people uh, what you like about the show, about the things that we write, about the things that we say, and uh yeah that'll be it just if you enjoy what you hear uh please uh do what you can to support us and right now the best thing that you can do to support us is to get the word out thank you very much and hope you enjoy the next This and other shows quite like it. Please check out our website, thebonushours.com.
2: People can look for Caravan in the upcoming two weeks. Uh, It'll be released on Amazon firstly, but uh, a little shortly after that, you'll be able to find it uh, anywhere you can buy a book, really. But Amazon will be the best place to go for now.